What is going down, 49er faithful? It's JD, joined as always by JP, and wait, sorry guys, Niner Tone couldn't make it this week, unfortunately, we're playing hurt, but we're going to battle through it because that's what we do here on the Forever Faithful podcast. We hope to have Niner Tone back with us here, you know, shortly. Uh, but as always, you know, it's JD and uh, JP here with you guys today on the Forever Faithful Podcast Offseason Episode 9. Guys, look, this is the final week without an NFL football game being played until February. Training camp is starting on Wednesday, July 25th. The first practice is Thursday, July 26th, and then we're off, guys. Preseason gets underway. You know, we got the Hall of Fame game coming up. Preseason games coming. All the training camp practices. It's here, ladies and gentlemen. Football is back as we know it. And I know that I'm excited. JP, man, how are you feeling right now? I'm sure you're just as hyped as I am with football, you know, getting kicked off right here. Oh, man, I'm always excited. This time of year, you can just feel feel the energy um, just everywhere you go amongst friends. Uh, social media you can just see it you know emerging like you said hall of fame games a couple of uh you know about a week or two away you got training camp coming around the corner you, you start seeing you know all the players posting on uh on their social media and stuff they're getting hyped for it they're ready for it and that just hypes us up even more um and i feel like all the the news outlets try to grab everything they can and uh uh, it's it's just an exciting time, man. I'm I'm pumped. I can't wait. Football season's around the corner, and uh, oof. <laughs> let's get it going. Now, before we get into everything we want to talk about pertaining to the 49ers' upcoming training camp, unfortunately, there's some stuff that's going on off the field or, or things that don't associate themselves with forty with the 49ers' training camp coming up that we have to talk about. Seems like you know the last couple of off seasons. If you're a 49er fan, there's always there's always something else other than football to talk about. Uh, and uh, you know, starting uh, starting the podcast this week here on first down, we wanted to get into uh, what everybody's talking about right now. Everybody is making a big damn deal about Jimmy Garoppolo and what he's doing. You know, whether it's Jimmy G and the porn star Kiara Mia going on a date or Jimmy Garoppolo uh, making comments to Bleacher Report that are getting blown way out of proportion. Uh, 
Uh, it seems they just can't let the man live. They can't let Jimmy Garoppolo live. But uh, first, we, you know, we're going to get into the whole Jimmy G and uh, the porn star date fiasco, if you will. Uh, for those who haven't heard, uh, Jimmy G was uh, photographed leaving a Beverly Hills hotel last week uh, after a date with forty-one-year-old uh, porn star Kiara Mia. Uh, you know, they've, they've made a big deal about it, saying, why is Jimmy Garoppolo taking a porn star on a date? You know, why, you know, she's you know, almost twice his age. Why is he going out with her? She's a porn star. What are you doing, Jimmy? You're an NFL quarterback. You can do better than that. All, all, the, all the little things you've heard since that story is broke, and they've made a huge deal about it. Uh, rumors that the date was paid for by Jimmy Garoppolo, like he paid her to take her on a date. Uh, of course, there was the, the Instagram post by Kiara Mia with the whole sexual innuendo. It's been a big deal, but honestly, it's been a big deal about nothing. As far as I'm concerned, who gives a damn if he took a porn star on a date? He's a 26-year-old multimillionaire and the starting quarterback of one of the most prestigious franchises in the history of the National Football League. As far as I'm concerned... He can do whatever the hell he wants. If he's Tom Brady on the field and Joe Namath off the field, I don't care. As long as he plays great on Sundays, let the man live. JP, what are your thoughts on, on this whole thing, man? I know you I know you have an opinion on this. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I mean, it's it's I feel like I was saying earlier it's the offseason, but it's getting close towards, you know, it's 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 right before training came and people are trying to grab any type of news that they can and they see Jimmy Garoppolo going out on a date with a porn star. And if he wants to, if that's, if that's what he wants to do, let him, I mean, let, let the man live. You know what I mean? Um, on, on a quick, serious note, before I, I, t I talk about anything else, I think what a lot of people don't realize that uh, I'm sure some people saw the clip, uh, I believe it was TMZ or, or whoever that was, was filming him in the restaurant. When they left, he had a driver. I, a lot of NFL players don't really get that through their head. They drink, they drive, they get in trouble, and and we've seen it many of times with with a bunch of Niner uh, players, and and of course throughout the league. But Jimmy's smart enough to get his own driver with a chick and go back to uh, and and handle his business, but which, which we won't get into. But I, I thought I really wanted to point that out. A lot of people weren't really talking about that. Um, from what I saw on Twitter, he, you know, he, he is a smart man. Um, but going back to it, I mean, if, if that's what he wants to do, let the man live. You know what I mean? Just just let the man live. I think it, this is just a really unnecessary story. Yeah, he's dating a porn star. Hey, more power to him. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm surprised Ann Killian didn't come out and, and ask for his release and, and all this. But that's what I say. I think it's a, it's a pointless real little story that people are trying to get out of uh but hey, man, more power to you, Jimmy. I mean, if you want to do like that, by all means, go ahead. So, um, but yeah, the whole thing with uh, with the, with the Tom Brady thing, I think that that was that's more of a story than anything. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo talking about uh, him and Tom Brady and his his time with the uh, with the Patriots. Uh, JD, what what are your thoughts on on his comments? If you want to fill the people in, well, I, I feel like this this. Brady story or non-story, in my opinion, uh, he had an interview with Bleacher Report, and they released all the, the quotes in the article today, 
And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was asked about his time in New England, and they asked him, you know, how did he feel about riding the bench behind arguably the, the best quarterback of all time? And uh, Jimmy G was quoted as saying, I, I thought in my head, I'm better than this dude. It was always a quiet confidence, Jimmy said. Um, and now I feel like, honestly, that that story and, and that article was put out today specifically to fan the flames of the, of the backlash from the porn star thing. I feel like, uh, you know, there was getting some bad publicity surrounding that porn star story. So uh, Jimmy G's people and, and the Niners probably most likely wanted to get another story out there just to kind of uh, put the whole Kiara Mia issue on the back burner. Um, but right now, you're just throwing Jimmy Garoppolo into the fire with, with, you know, critical news left and right, things that, you know, with stuff that people can dissect. And I don't think that this story is doing Jimmy any favors because now you have people all over social media, you know, getting on Jimmy Garoppolo's case saying, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo thinks he's better than Tom Brady. When if you actually took the time to read the article and read the context of this of that portion of the story, you'll understand Jimmy Garoppolo was not saying that he's better than Tom Brady. He's just getting to the fact that he's confident in his own abilities. He knew that, you know, being next to Brady, playing with Brady in practice each and every day, that, hey, I can play in this league too. It's not so much that he's saying, you know, Tom Brady's a scrub and I should take his spot. He's saying, you know, hey, I know I belong in the NFL. That's what Jimmy G was saying. And if you continue to read that article, after that quote about about uh, Garoppolo saying that, you know, he, he was better than Tom Brady and, it's, he, you know, he had this quiet confidence. Garoppolo said, I've always had that mindset. I knew that Brady was better than me in my first day in the NFL. Naturally, you're the rookie and he's the veteran, but you have to have that mindset that you want to be the starter. See, that if, if people actually took the time to read the article, they would understand that Jimmy Garoppolo was just alluding to his own skill set and his own belief in himself. So for everybody that's out there blowing it out of proportion, I mean, it's social media. You can't, you can't quiet everybody, and you can't get everyone to uh, you know, be uh, the sharpest tool in the shed. But I think it's pretty apparent that Jimmy Garoppolo was not throwing shade at Tom Brady. JP, what, what do you think about that, that whole uh, you know, mincing of words there? I, I agree, man. I, I think what a lot of people don't really understand, I mean, they're they're competitors, you know what I mean. They're they're NFL players. They're they're there to compete, you know what I mean. And yet, Jimmy Garoppolo, like like you said in the article, I mean, he knew his first day as a rookie, he wasn't better than Tom Brady, and I don't think he was saying that in the whole article to begin with. But when, what people don't really understand when when you have a competitor like Jimmy Garoppolo, any you can pretty much say this for almost any starting quarterback in the NFL. If, you, if, if there's two NFL quarterbacks, they're not going to say, oh, he's better than I am or, or, or whatnot. They're going to they're gonna take the forefront and say, I think I'm better than him. And you need that type of mentality when you're, when you're playing a competitive game. It's just like I think I, I, think I read um, uh, earlier this year uh, in the offseason. Um, not, not only that, I'm sure I've heard it throughout the year. There's people who ask – the players, oh, you know, how do you think you guys are going to do this year? What, what, you know, what's your record? You think you're going to be? And if if any player says anything but sixteen and zero, then then they're lying because obviously every player 
no matter what, if you're on the Browns, you're on the Bills, the whoever, the Ravens, if you have to go into the game thinking you're going to win the game or else you're not going to go out there and play, plain and simple. You know what I mean? So that's that's the thing that 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 irks me, that if people ask each player, doesn't matter if you're going up against the greatest team in the world or or, or not, you have to have that mentality that you you're gonna you're gonna go out there and you're gonna win the game. So for people to criticize uh, the competitive nature of Jimmy Garoppolo and saying, "Oh, how dare he think that he's better than you know the goat Tom Brady?" I mean, you have to have that type of mindset to, and and it shows, and it shows, you know, in those those five games at the end of the season where he balled out. It shows he has the confidence. He knows how to, you know, he the poise to control a huddle, to to you know to drive down in a two minute drill, to win the game, set him up for a field goal. You know what I mean? You, you have to have that competitive nature, and that's what it is. That's what he has. And for for people to criticize him on that, I I think it's ridiculous. You, do you expect him to come out and say, "Oh no, I don't. I think you know." Drew Brees is better than me. I think, you know, Andy Dalton is better than me. No, he's not going to say that. He's not. And and I, I don't think he should. I think he should step up. I'm better than this person, that person. You know what I mean? And, of course, Tom Brady came up. That's his mentor. You know what I mean? That's He's learned he, almost everything that he's learned came from Tom Brady. And, of course, quarterback coaches and Bill Belichick and whatnot. But, you know, I, I just think it's another thing that's blown out of proportion. And I understand why people are taking it that way. Um, that's just the media nowadays. They like to 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 take out certain things and and blow that certain thing out of proportion uh, and exclude certain other things, um, which debunk the thing that they're trying to expose. If that makes sense, but um, it just it is what it is. I I have no problem at all with him saying it. Um, he's a confident quarterback in the NFL who's getting paid uh, you know a bunch of money. So. I think I think that's what he was supposed to say, um, JD. That's if you have any more thoughts, man. That that's what I that's that's where I'm coming from. Now you know, I think we'll both agree that the whole porn star thing and his Brady comments are both really non-stories. But I will play devil's advocate here for a second. I don't have an issue with uh, with Jimmy G taking a porn star on a date. I don't have an issue. With Jimmy G saying that he's better than Tom Brady and, you know, he has that confidence in himself. What he actually said and what he actually did, I don't have a problem with at all. I understand it. I get where he's coming from. But the one thing I will criticize Jimmy on in this whole situation right now, the whole media storm of bad news, bad publicity, you got to know who you are. You got to be self-aware. You got to know, as the starting quarterback of an NFL team, right before training camp, it's probably not a good look to get, you know, captured by uh, paparazzi walking out of a Beverly Hills hotel with a porn star. You got to know that, you know, saying something like "I'm better than this dude" when talking about Tom Brady is something that's gonna get dragged through the mud and blown out of proportion. You got to be a little bit smarter than that, and. You know, I know that this is Jimmy Garoppolo's first real go around as the man, as the face of a franchise. So I understand it. He's a young dude. He doesn't have too much experience, but he did come from the the, the Bill Belichick New England Patriots tree. He, he knows how it is to be tight lipped and and keep things close to the vest and not give the media stuff to talk about. So that's the only problem I have 
with Jimmy G and, and this whole situation. But at the end of the day, if Jimmy G plays well on Sundays, nobody's going to even remember either of these things in a month. But on the flip side, if Jimmy G struggles, if Jimmy G has a couple bad games, maybe throws a couple picks, people are going to be saying stuff like, oh, maybe he should have been in his playbook rather than uh, you know taking a porn star on a date. Oh, maybe uh, he should uh, pump his brakes a little bit, talking about being better than Tom Brady. So that's the only problem that I have with, with Jimmy. Uh, JP, do you have any, any final words on that? Yeah, just to piggyback on on what you're saying about being tight-lipped over in uh, in New England when he was, I think he had the persona of, I'm Jimmy G, I'm this clean-cut, all-American, uh, you know, Midwest type of guy. I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Goody two shoes. I don't do this. I don't do that. And and especially in the new England Patriots where it was kind of hush hush. And we've heard this from other players, even, even, uh, um, the, the Niners player, Marsh, Cassius, Cassius Marsh, right? Is that his name? Yep. Cassius, Cassius Marsh. Yeah. So he, he even, he said like from the Patriots to, you know, leaving the Patriots was 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 eye opening because everything was such you know under wraps and it was so tight and it was like no fun at all. So the fact that Jimmy G is out of there finally, he's got the he you know he knows where his new home is. He's finally opening up a little bit and and now that any little thing that he does, I think is going to be under the microscope just because he was that you know good. Midwestern kid that backed up Tom Brady that learned everything that he, you know, he needed to know from, you know, arguably the best quarterback to ever play. So I think that that may um, be the reason why he's being so like so much under the radar or uh, under the, uh, the microscope. So that's just my thoughts. You know, Mr. Goody two shoes is now uh, spreading his wings and, and finally becoming a man, so to speak. So that's, that's my final thoughts on it, man. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think we've covered this one pretty well. You know, honestly, <laughs> they're non-stories in my book. Football's here, guys. Who cares about this anymore? Football is going to be played. That's what it's all about. So with that, we're going to move on to second down. Okay, Niner fans, you know we have to hit on this because it's pretty much been the foundation of this podcast since day one. And uh, if you hear that noise in the background, you know we're talking about Reuben Foster. Uh, we we uh, missed this news while we were away. Reuben Foster was finally handed down a suspension from the NFL for uh, his whole uh, wonderful offseason of, of drama, if you will. Uh, of course, we all know the domestic violence charges were dropped. The NFL did not penalize him for those. But they did come down on him uh, for the weapons issue and, and the weed arrest and all, you know, that, that whole portion of it. And at the end of the day, uh, Roger Goodell thought that it was fair to give Reuben Foster a two-game suspension. And if you've uh, been a fan of this podcast, you'll, you'll remember that I said weeks ago that I thought Reuben Foster would be given a four-game suspension. He would appeal it and knock it down to two games. So, uh, in essence, I was right. He's got a two-game suspension. He's going to miss the uh, regular season opener at Minnesota and the home opener against the Detroit Lions. Uh, you know, Reuben Foster, with his whole offseason, to only get off with two games, honestly, in my opinion, it's a good thing. 
you know, I, we'll take it. Hopefully Ruben's learned from this whole thing. It's a slap on the wrist. I don't really think it's too big of a deal uh, considering who we're playing in the first two games. Uh, JP, what do you think about the, the two-game suspension of Ruben? Yeah, man, I don't, I don't think it's that bad. I originally uh, was, was on the same boat as you. I thought it was going to be either a fourth, uh, three or four-game suspension. Um, he got two, which is cool. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. Um, I think, I think we have some, some young players that, um, will, uh, will, will step up in his shoes. And, and I think it might be a little, it's going to be good for Ruben. Um, cause you know, last year he, you know, when he was on the field, he was going 120, 120 miles per hour everywhere he goes. So, uh, maybe the first two games he can, you know, take a little break off from the preseason. I know he won't be playing much in training camp and just get his body ready um, for, for the season. Um, and, you know, maybe those two games off may help a little bit because I think those two games may help him towards the end, or, end of the season. And hopefully when the Niners try to make a push for something, um, whether that be a wild card spot or, you know, I'm hoping for the division, but um, something, some type of, uh, and I think those two games in the beginning uh, will help Ruben a little bit uh, stay a little bit more healthier. So um, I think it's okay. I'm not, not too worried about it. There's some young guys that, that I, I really think can, can step up. Um, one in particular, I don't know what you think, JD. Um, I, I wouldn't mind. I know we'll, we'll see how he performs in the preseason, but the rookie Fred Warner, I mean, similar type, you know, real quick. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. Fred Warner is, is a bigger dude as well. So um, I'm really, really interested to see how he, he performs in, uh, in, in, in preseason and, and in training camp as well. So uh, what are your thoughts, JD? Who do you think can step up in his place? You know, that's the one, the one uh, good thing, I guess you would say, out of this whole suspension is that you're going to get to see a lot from the younger guys, guys that you, you know, typically otherwise wouldn't see too much of when the regular season kicks off. Uh, you're going to see a guy like Fred Warner get some increased playing time. A guy like Corey Toomer. Of course, we're going to finally get to see Malcolm Smith in a 49er uniform. Uh, the, the spotlight at linebacker is going to be on some other guys, and we're going to get to see what we have in our linebacking core. So I, I think uh, you know when it's all said and done, I think you're going to see Fred Warner definitely get a lot more run in the first two weeks of the regular season. And uh, in, in the long run, I think that's going to be a good thing. He's going to get out there, get some big time NFL experience against two quality opponents, and you know he's going to be able to uh, hopefully fill that role. You know, just plug it in, and uh, hopefully we won't miss too much. Hopefully, you know, it's not going to be a big hole, and it's not going to cost us uh, until Ruben gets back. Uh, I do think that the two weeks off for Ruben is actually kind of a good thing for him because he spent so much time away from the team during the off season. It's going to give him an extra two weeks to get his body ready. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. He got suspended two games. Ideally, of course, we want him on the field. But uh, we're going to have him for 14 games, hopefully, as long as he can stay healthy. And, uh, you know, after the first two weeks, it's going to be a non-story. I'm glad we can finally just put all this behind us. And, uh, you know, he'll serve his suspension, do his time, and we can move on from it. Because this offseason has not been fun if you're a Niner fan. Uh, and a fan of Ruben Foster. So uh, with that, I, I think we can wrap up the off-season Ruben drama and finally talk about some real football as we move on here to third down. Now, of course, 
the 49ers are starting training camp. Everyone's reporting to the team's facility in Santa Clara on Wednesday, July 25th. The first practice is on Thursday, the 26th, and there's a series of practices in the days after that. Now, before we get into uh, the nitty-gritty uh, of training camp and what we're looking for, uh, I just want to let everybody know, all the listeners know, that uh, myself and 49er Tone of the Forever Faithful podcast will be in attendance at 49ers training camp this Sunday, July 29th. Practice is scheduled for 10 a.m., and uh, myself and Niner Tone will be in the building checking out the red and gold, you know, being there firsthand. I can't wait. It's the best time of the year. Uh, I actually have not been to the practice facility in quite some time, uh, and, and this year they're actually doing all the Niner practices at the practice facility as opposed to the big open public practice at Levi's Stadium like they've been doing the last few years and reserving a series of smaller practices at the facility next door uh, for the season ticket holders. Uh, this year, of course, they, they opened it up to the season ticket holders first to, to have their first crack at tickets. And they recently opened it up to the rest of the public to purchase tickets as well. You can check out 49ers.com uh, for your chance to buy tickets to all of the 49ers upcoming training camp practices at the uh, practice facility next door to Levi Stadium. I, I love it at that venue. You're up close and personal. You're literally on the grass. They have bleachers set up. You can, you know, you can smell the fresh cut grass. You can hear the players talking junk to each other. You can see and hear everything. You're up close and personal. Getting autographs is easy because it's such a small venue and so personal. I can't wait. I love training camp, and I love being at that facility. And, uh, you know, of course, Niner Tone and I will be there. And uh, we're going to try and see what we can work on as far as content goes here for the Forever Faithful podcast while we're there. Maybe we'll record something. Maybe there will be a little bit of video we can post up on our YouTube channel. Um, but uh, you can best believe the Forever Faithful podcast will be in attendance this Sunday, July 29th, for that practice. And I'll also be there uh, on Sunday, August 12th as well, if anyone wants to, uh, you know, shake hands, say what's up, uh, whatever. You know, we're, we're, open, uh, we're open people here on the Forever Faithful Podcast. We're fans just like you guys. So let us know if you're going to be there, and uh, we'll go from there. But with that said, here we are, guys. It's football time. Cannot wait. JP. We're going to hit on Niners training camp and what we're looking forward to, you know, the players that we're looking forward to seeing and uh, also some some dark horse candidates, some guys that are maybe under the radar that we think might have a breakout training camp or, you know, they might stand out in training camp more than you thought that they would. Uh, JP, how about you start us off with uh, one player on offense and one player on defense that you think is uh, or that you're looking forward to seeing? What are, who is one guy from each side of the ball uh, that you're really looking forward to seeing how they perform? Oh man, it's gonna be tough to cut it down, but uh, I'm 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 excited to see everyone. I'm excited to see the rookies um, in particular. Um, there's even some you know second or third year guys that I, that I'm really interested in too. You know Kendrick Bourne. I think that's it. You know I think he was hyped up a lot this off season, um, and everyone's been you know hyping him up. Um, but one player also in the wide receiver room that, that, I, that, you know, people were talking about a lot was Dante Pettis. Um, so I, I think Dante Pettis is, is someone that I really want to see. Uh, he had a good OTAs um, and, and I'm just excited to see how he does. Um, 
you know, him and, and Richie James was going at it and Kendrick Bourne. I think we have some really good young talent. And uh, I think I touched on this a few uh, podcasts back. You know, it, it really shows the the trust that uh, we have in, in these young wide receivers um, that we didn't really go after any big name wide receivers in free agency. Um, so that's, you know, that's got me excited that, you know, we didn't go after anybody and, and we, we have confidence in these young players. Um, you know, Trent Taylor is another one, but Dante Pettis is definitely someone that I will keep my eye on um, that. I think all you guys should keep their uh, eye on him as well, because I think, I think he's going to be uh, one to keep an eye on, man. He's, you know, um, we all know Shanahan and his deep threats and, and just quick, fast, shifty, uh, wide receivers, uh, you know, some screen passes. I mean, we saw it last year with Marquise Goodwin. So um, keep an eye out for Dante Pettis. Now for the defensive side, I mean, that's it, that's exciting as well. We've got we've got a bunch of really, um, really good rookies that are coming in. Um, we have some uh, like the same thing on the on the offensive side. We have a couple of, you know, uh, second or third year players um, that that are pretty exciting. I mean, Sheldon Day had a great uh, he, he had a great end of the season last year. I thought he played really well. Um, so that, that, that's one guy I would like to uh, keep an eye out on, but this guy in particular, um, I, I, we just talked about him, uh, Fred Warner. Um, you know, the fact that Ruben is not going to be there for the first two games, I'm really interested to see how he does, you know, he's transition transitioning into different, uh, kind of a different, uh, role. I know he played, you know, uh, he was kind of a hybrid in at at, uh, at BYU. He played safety. He played, you know, he came down to play linebacker. I mean, he was he's all over the field. So I'm wondering how that how he's going to transition that into the NFL. Uh, if he's going to you know stick at linebacker. If he's going to you know cover. If he's going to chase down those uh, running backs side to uh, sideline to sideline. So those are the two players that that I really I'm really excited to see how they do in and not only training camp but the preseason. Fred Warner. And Dante Pettis, uh, JD, who uh, who's someone that you you uh, want to see um, when you go on the 29th? Uh, when I'm out there at training camp this Sunday, I'm going to have my eye on you know a couple guys in particular. Offensively, I want to see Jarek McKinnon. I want to see if you know if he's the real deal. If he's catching everything out of the backfield. If he's able to hit those holes and you know hit the one cut runs, the zone scheme runs. I want to see how he does in uh, in blitz pickup. I, I'm going to be paying attention to Jarek McKinnon big time when I'm watching the, the Niners offense play because I think if Jarek McKinnon can be what they're advertising him to be and what they're paying him to be this year, I think this team could be very, very dangerous. He's a Swiss Army knife. He can do so many different things. He's explosive, and he's different than uh, running backs that the Niners have had in recent years. Uh, and I think he fits Kyle Shanahan's scheme to a T and I can't wait to see how, uh, how he and Jimmy G coexist there uh, in the Niners backfield. And, and I want to see what kind of damage they can do to opposing defenses together. Uh, now, defensively, the, the player that I'm looking forward to the most would have to be uh, Sacramento native and second year cornerback, Akello Witherspoon. I cannot wait to see his development from, you know, jumping from year one to year two, having spent an off season, uh, learning from Richard Sherman, and, uh, you know, of course, we saw Akello uh, attended uh, a cornerback summit, if you will, at Stanford with guys like Richard Sherman and Aqib Tlaib, and, you know, he's, he's gotten to learn 
from a lot of quality corners this offseason. And I feel like in this scheme, under the tutelage of Richard Sherman, I, I really think you could see Akella Witherspoon have a breakout Pro Bowl year. So I cannot wait to see what Witherspoon can do. He's added some muscle. Uh, all, all accounts are the, the coaching staff is ecstatic about Akello heading into this season. And uh, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have a Pro Bowl year. I'm saying it right here, right now. So when I'm out there on Sunday, that's who I'm gonna be watching defensively. Uh, now, as far as a dark horse candidate, a guy that I want to see uh, that, that I think is going to have a hell of a camp, and I think he's going to parlay that into the preseason and ultimately a roster spot on the 53 is going to be seventh-round rookie wide receiver Richie James. I think he's going to make some noise. I think you're going to see him put his body on the line every single play. He's a guy that's fearless. He'll go over the middle. He'll you know, he'll throw his body out there. He'll make whatever catch you need him to make. He'll run whatever route you want him to run. He doesn't care about how big he is. He doesn't care about how big you are. He's going to go get the ball, and that's all there is to it. And I want to see what Richie James can do. I He's my dark horse guy to have a real standout camp, make some serious noise, and have a lot of people talking as we head into the preseason and the regular season. So uh, I can't wait for training camp. JP, man, I know you can't wait either. It's here. Football is here, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a blast. Of course, you're going to have to follow all the Niners beat reporters on Twitter. They're going to have all the updates from all the practices. And, honestly, when you're at work or, you know, when you're not in Santa Clara at the stadium or at training camp, there's no other place that's better to be than on Twitter, you know, following all the football tweets, man. It's fun. It keeps you uh, engaged with what's going on. And uh, I just love that we're getting to that time of the year. Uh, JP, you have any final final thoughts here on, on training camp? Yeah, I totally agree, man. It's it's, it's the best time. I'm, I stay glued to Twitter and to uh, and and just to all those 49er beat writers, just seeing what's you know what's happening. I know Matt Miyoko always tweets out, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if play by play, but I know he he tweets out a lot of stuff during during training camp, especially opening tra- open training camps. Um, it's, 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 it's just exciting. Um, but one guy before we, we move on that I, I do want to touch on that is it's kind of, I mean, he kind of is fly, flying under the radar. Not too many people are talking about him. The undrafted, uh, corner, um, Tavares McFadden. That's another guy that you guys might want to check out. I think he's going to have an excellent preseason and he may squeak his way onto this roster. Um, he can play corner. I think he also played safety for a little bit. Um, but he's a big physical corner that goes right there with with Richard Sherman and Akella Witherspoon. So keep an eye on Tavares McFadden. He's he's someone to to, to keep an eye out on. Um, but no, JD, exactly. I'm I'm excited. I can't wait. Uh, football's around the corner. Um, I'm gonna be starting doing fantasy football research here soon. It's just it's just it's the perfect time of year. It's the perfect time. Absolutely. And good call on uh, Tavares McFadden. He's, you know, he's a guy that two years ago had interceptions at Florida State. And this past year, they consider him having a down year because he didn't have any interceptions, didn't really make a lot of plays. But who knows, was that was that attributed to him having a down year or was that attributed to defenses not necessarily wanting to throw his way because of all the turnovers he forced the year before? Uh, You know, he fits that mold of, of what we're looking for in a big corner. Of course, he ran that slow 4-6-40 at the Combine, Pro Day, what have you. And, uh, you know, that's why he slipped, uh, you know, out of the draft. But 
he fits what this team wants to do. And uh, at the very least, I could see McFadden being a practice squad guy. So uh, I, I definitely will be paying attention to him as well. So good call on that. But uh, with that said, I can't wait for training camp. I know you guys can't either. Uh, let us know, you know, what you're looking forward to. Leave a comment on Twitter, Facebook, what have you. Let us know what you guys are looking forward to uh, at training camp or, or what things you would like us to cover uh, in the episodes moving forward. So with that, we're going to wrap up third down here and move on to our mailbag segment on the fourth and final down of this episode. All right, here we go, guys. We're going to wrap up this week's episode with our mailbag segment. We reached out to you, the faithful, and wanted to see what you guys had to say, what questions you all wanted us to answer, and we got a, we got plenty of questions from the faithful this week. So let's just jump right on into it. The first question comes from at the Iraqi Vet 503 on Twitter, and he says, uh, who do you guys think will emerge as the team's best pass rusher? JP, you want to take this one first? Yeah, I'll take this one. Shout out, uh, Iraqi Vet. What's up, man? Um, pass rushing, you know, I think the past couple of years, we haven't really had that one that really stood out. Uh, we haven't really had, uh, you know, I guess you can say all the way back to Alden Smith. We haven't really had a legit pass rusher. Um, but if I had to say one, I mean, there's, you know, obviously DeForest Buckner is always going to be up there. I think DeForest is, is a force to be reckoned with. I think he's going to be one of the top defensive tackles in the whole league. Um, but, uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go and say Armstead, man, I really think he's going to have a great year this year. I think he's, you know, I think he's had a, had a wake up call last year uh, and the year before. I know he's been injured and whatnot, but I think he may be our best pass rusher this year. Uh, he's got some help, um, you know, in the secondary now. So I think, um, you know, with the help of, of the secondary, and just uh, just, you know, you know, everyone else playing together on that uh, on that defensive line. I think I think Armstead is going to step it up. And I, I really think he's going to have uh, his best year to date. So that's who I think is going to be um, the best pass rusher on the team. What about you, J.D.? Who's you, you going with Armstead or who are you going with? Armstead's a good call. He's a guy who, you know, he's shown flashes. He's shown the ability. He just can't stay healthy. So if he can finally put it all together and stay on the field, uh, just like last year, you saw him playing really well before he got injured. If he can just stay on the field, I think he could definitely be one of the uh, the premier guys off the edge for this team. Uh, but with that said, I still don't really think we have that one guy on the edge that's going to make that huge impact like we need from our pass rush. Um, they're, they're banking on a guy like Armstead. They're banking on Solomon Thomas to really develop heading into year two. They brought in Jeremiah Tauchu, who could be, you know, a, a really solid pickup if he can stay healthy. He's a guy who's battle injuries as well. Um, but I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a, that committee of guys, Tauchu, Armstead, Solomon Thomas, and the like, I think they're going to improve. And what I think that's going to do is make defenses have to play honest on the line. I think you're going to see a few less double teams on DeForest Buckner because they're going to have to respect the guys coming off the edge. And what that's going to do is open things up for DeForest Buckner to absolutely wreak havoc. I honestly expect 8 to 10 sacks out of DeForest Buckner this year 
from the D tackle position. They're calling him D Poi for a reason. The Niners and and the players and the coaches really think DeForest Buckner is primed to have an absolutely monster season. And if we can just get a little bit of an upgrade off the edge, I think DeForest Buckner is going to be able to play inside and and, and you know have one-on-one matchups and exploit them and have a hell of a year. I think it's going to be DeForest Buckner who leads this team in sacks, even though we really need that one guy off the edge. But I still just don't think we have that guy quite yet. And I think DeForest Buckner is going to be going to be that guy. Yeah, Defoe is 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 really really scary. I I I, I agree with you there. And uh, yeah, once we get another another piece there, I think he's he's going to be he's he's going to get a lot of sacks. But that's a good good choice right there. Now the next question we have in our mailbag comes from 1987 Eugenio or Eugenio on Twitter at 1987 Eugenio on Twitter. He asks, Will Ward? And he's asking. He's talking about Jimmy Ward. Will Jimmy Ward or Eric Armstead be traded before the regular season starts? You know, uh, I don't think so. I think both those guys are going to be on the roster when the season starts. I think just out of necessity and and needing bodies on the edge and on that D line who can produce. Uh, I think they're going to be keeping Armstead no matter what, unless they get just blown away by some kind of a trade offer. But I don't see that happening. And as far as Jimmy Ward goes, they're paying him a lot of money this year, but he's a guy who can do a lot of things. He can play safety in a pinch if you have an injury. He can play nickel corner. He They're, they're having him uh, work on outside corner as well. He's probably going to get some run at that this year. Um, I think Jimmy Ward kind of brings some value to the team, even though he's an injury-prone player. But he, he brings value to the team and that he can play all over the secondary. So I don't think you're going to see either of those guys uh, get traded or released before the season starts. JP, what are your thoughts? Yep, I agree, JD. Uh, I think this year is Armstead's uh, make it or break it year. I don't think they're gonna quite cut ties with him quite yet. I think after this year will be um, they'll they'll know if they they want to keep him or if they want to let go or trade him or whatnot. So I don't think they're gonna trade him before the the season starts. And same thing with Jimmy Ward. I mean, you touched on it perfectly. Just like I was gonna say. Uh, I mean, since he's been here with the Niners, I think he's played almost every. Um, db position he's played you know safety he's played you know right corner left corner so i, th- I think he's i think he can uh um can stick around and uh I th- just for depth um and I, I don't i don't think he's going anywhere so to answer your question no not not at the beginning of the season next season maybe but no uh now uh at the iraqi vet 503 asked another question uh, he asked, will Jarek McKinnon prove to be a legit number one back for the team this year? Uh, they're paying him like he's going to be. He, they're paying him $12 million this year. They're expecting him to be the guy. Uh, now, the one thing about the, about that contract is they can pretty much get out from under it after one season. And, um, you know, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what Jarek McKinnon does. But they're banking on him to be that guy. They brought him in in free agency. They're paying him. You know, top five running back money based on a one-year deal. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think he's going to have to prove to be that legit number one guy. I think he can – I think he fits the zone the zone run scheme perfectly. I think he catches balls out of the backfield uh, really, really effectively. And, uh, honestly, I'm expecting a huge year out of Jarek McKinnon. I'm not, I'm not trying to jinx anything, but – I want to see like 1,100 rushing yards, maybe 500, 600 receiving yards out of Jarek McKinnon. I expect him to have an absolute 
monster year because I think he's just a perfect fit for this scheme. JP, you think uh, Jarek McKinnon's going to be that guy? Um, yeah, I, I do. I don't think uh, – I don't know about all those numbers that, that you were just rattling off. I don't know if he's going to get all that. Um, I, I guess number one running back, yeah, I, I, th- I think he's going to – you know, solidify, solidify that. I think he's going to be our number one running back. Um, an RB one. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he can be up there with the likes of, you know, Le'Veon Bell and, and um, Todd Gurley and all that. Um, but, you know, I, I think with this offense, we spread the ball around so much. Um, we do use a lot of, uh, you know, two running back sets and, and stuff like that. And I think if you throw Matt Breida out there, um, that will really throw off the uh, defenses to really quick, shifty running backs. So, um, do I think he's going to be? He's going. He's you know he's going to be good this year. Yes, without a doubt, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be um, you know our workhorse. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be uh, a, a legit number one running back in the league. But you know, time will tell. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I mean, we saw already saw what he you know little glimpses of what he can do in in uh, Minnesota. So I'm just excited what he can do with us, and uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. At 1987, Eugenio asked another question, and he said, uh, what do you guys think of Earl Mitchell, and do you think he'll be released or lose his starting job? I don't think so. I think they like Earl Mitchell. I think that he and DeForest Buckner played pretty well together last year on the interior, and uh, you know, I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I don't think he's going to lose his starting job, at least initially, but he is going to feel some pressure from guys uh, like a Sheldon Day, who you alluded to earlier, JP. And, uh, you know, also you're going to see Solomon Thomas get some run on the interior where he played pretty well last year. But I think initially you're going to see on base downs, Earl, Earl Mitchell will be the starting D tackle uh, next to DeForest Buckner. What do you think, JP? Yeah, no, I think I, I think his job is safe. I think uh, – you know those three guys up front: Armstead, Mitchell, and Buckner. I think those, and, well, and and Solomon Thomas as well. I think you know the co- cohesiveness of them, all four of them playing together. Um, I, I I liked it last year towards the end of the season. I think they started to gel really well, and I think it's important to kind of keep those that core group together as well. Um, but yeah, like I did mention, Sheldon Day did play really well towards the end of the last season. Uh, you know, filling in whatnot. Um, but I think Earl Mitchell is is safe for now. I think he I think he'll be all right. Next question comes again from at the Iraqi Vet five hundred three, and he asks, "Do you guys think uh, that Kendrick Bourne takes a big enough step forward to take Pierre Garcon's spot as the wide receiver one next season?" Uh, JP, I know you hit on Kendrick Bourne a little bit earlier, so why don't you uh, take this one first? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't. I, I don't think he Kendrick Bourne is uh, is going to take over anybody's position. Um, he's not going to take over uh, uh, Pierre Garcon's uh, position. I, I don't. Not this year, at least, um, or next year. Uh, I think. I think he has some ways to go, man. I think he has uh, has a little way to go. But I, you know, he's he's a great asset, um, and and we'll see. But I I really don't see him um, climbing up the depth charts that quickly. I think give it a couple of years, um, see how he does. I think this year is a big year for him um, to see how he really performs. Uh, you know, he stepped up last year when he needed to, um, but again, this year is a, is a big prove it year uh, for him. So we'll see how it goes. But no, I don't think uh, come next year uh, he'll take over Pierre Garcon's spot. Then again, we don't know if Pierre Garcon is going to be with us next year. So, uh, but we'll see. 
you know, I like Kendrick Bourne. So I don't want to be, you know, put a damper on the whole Kendrick Bourne hype train that you've been seeing this whole offseason. You know, during OTAs, they were hyping up Kendrick Bourne's chemistry with Jimmy G. Uh, Niner fans are, are, are really high on Kendrick Bourne based on what he did last year. And honestly, this team has been starving for elite wide receiver play since Terrell Owens left. So anytime you get a receiver who shows any kind of potential, the fans and the media just clamor to him and say, man, can he be the guy? Can he be the guy? Because you look at this team and you don't see that legit, true, number one stud wide receiver. So, of course, you're going to get that offseason hype that always happens every year uh, that you can't necessarily buy into all the time. Um, but I like Kendrick Bourne. Don't get me wrong. But as, to say that he's going to you know, overtake Pierre Garçon, who is an established veteran, uh, a bona fide 1,000-yard receiver in this league, uh, I don't think we can say that, uh, at least right now. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've been hyping up Kendrick Bourne. They've been hyping him up pretty good this offseason, have the 49ers. But if you're, if you're listening to what they're saying and not looking at what they're actually doing, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because if you look at what the Niners actually did, they drafted two wide receivers this year. They took Dante Pettis in the second round, and they took Richie James in the seventh round. So if they were that high on Kendrick Bourne and they thought that Kendrick Bourne could be that dude, I don't think they would have drafted two wide receivers this year. I think that's kind of telling. I think you need to look, you know, read between the lines a little bit. I like Kendrick Bourne. I think he could be a contributor. But I think the team has seen enough to say, hey, you know, he's good, but we could do better. And that's why they drafted two wide receivers. So you can't overlook that. Also, real quick, J.D., I think Trent Taylor is somebody that hasn't been mentioned, and I don't really think that Kendrick Bourne, I mean, if he's going to compete with anybody, it would be Trent Taylor. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's another guy. They, they love Trent Taylor. They love Marquise Goodwin. I mean, there's a lot of receivers on this team that they like. So to say that Kendrick Bourne is going to leapfrog all these guys and become the number one, I, I don't know if I buy into that. But what do I know? You know, hopefully he proves me wrong. I, if he wants to come out there and be a number one receiver, be my guest. I'll buy his jersey. Trust me. But, uh, yeah, Kendrick Bourne, he's got to show me before I'm, I'm willing to say he's going to leapfrog anybody. So uh, next question comes from, let's see who we have here, uh, at jgomes6 on Twitter. He asks, and this is a good question based on uh, the recent news that's come out of the Bay Area. Uh, would you take Greg Papa over Teddy Robinson, Ted Robinson, in the 49ers radio booth? Uh, for those who don't know, the Raiders recently fired longtime uh, radio announcer Greg Papa. Everybody knows Greg Papa based on his call, Touchdown Raiders. I mean, everybody knows that call. It's legendary. We're not Raider fans. We don't like the Raiders, but you got to respect Greg Papa. He is an institution here in the Bay Area and uh, one of the most legendary voices in all of football in terms of radio broadcasting. Uh, when I saw that news that he got fired, I was absolutely floored. Um, but to answer the question, would you take Greg Papa over Ted Robinson? <sighs> I would. Can't lie. I would. I, I think he's an iconic voice. I think he paints a picture on radio better than just about anybody in the NFL. And I'll be honest with you, ever since they replaced uh, Joe Starkey, 
with Ted Robinson. I haven't really been on board. Ted Robinson's never really done it for me. I don't think Niner fans really identify with Ted Robinson. I don't think he's, uh, you know, cemented himself as, as that guy, as that voice that Niner fans love to hear when they're listening on the radio. Uh, and I would take Greg Robinson or uh, Greg Papa in a heartbeat. JP, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I, I miss uh, Joe Starkey for sure. Oh, what a bonanza. He's uh, he's one dude that I, I, I love listening to growing up. Um, Ted Robinson, hey, no, not knocking Ted Robinson. He's he's decent, um, you know, uh, but you, you, there's no denying that Greg Papa is a legendary voice in the Bay Area and to Raider fans as well. So um, I think it's I think it's a no brainer that, of course, we would take him on uh, and forgive him for uh, for being uh, the Raiders announcer for so long. But, uh, yeah, I was I was absolutely surprised when he was gone too um i i i couldn't believe it um but but yeah hey that that would be cool but i think for now we're stuck with uh ted robinson uh, now the final question in our mailbag here on fourth down and we appreciate everybody who submitted questions this week comes from at don v 757 on twitter uh he, he asks uh, and this is kind of piggybacking on what we were just discussing earlier with Jimmy Garoppolo, he says, uh, which porn star are you chilling with if you had one night and don't say Stormy Daniels? JP, oh, good guy. JP, uh, I'll let you take this one first, brother. Yeah, I'm just going to throw it back to you, man. Uh, no, uh, man, I, I don't know. I'll probably go with Stormy Daniels, but uh, isn't Jenna Jameson? She was a porn star, right? I'm going to take, uh, take me some Jenna Jameson. Uh, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, we got to pull a Mike Singletary and, and look at the tape. And, uh, you know, you got to do some, some research. You got to, you got to look at the tape. Yeah. And, agree for science. Yeah. For, for science, you got to break it on down. You got to do your film study, you know, just like any, any, uh, NFL quarterback would, you know, you, you got to do the film study and, uh, you know, I'll be real. Kiara Mia says the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, so I'm going to go with Kiara Mia. I mean, Hey, she's, she's, uh, Good enough for Jimmy G, and she's saying the Niners are gonna are gonna win the Super Bowl. I'll take Kiara Me all day. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there, JD. I'll change my answer to that. <laughs> uh, I know that's not the answer that uh, Don V was looking for. So you know what, Don V, I'll bite. I'll give you what you're looking for. Uh, you know, I, I've, uh, I've I've studied quite a bit of tape in my day, uh, JP. I'm sure you have too. You know, we're we're uh, you know we're 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 football junkies. We've studied a lot of tape. Uh, maybe I don't know, Danny Daniels. Maybe eh. J- JP. What you, you have any uh, any any real thoughts on that? Uh shoot, man. Yeah, Dan- Danny Daniels is a good one. That was a, that's a good choice. Riley Reed. I think that's another one. Wouldn't mind her. Maybe Alexis Texas. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Lexus, Texas. That's some good film study there for sure. Yeah, you know, we uh I think Kyle Shanahan might want to sign us, you know, to, to some contracts. We, you know, we're really good at breaking down some film. So uh we appreciate everybody again that uh threw out the questions this week here on on our fourth down mailbag segment. And we will be back uh, you know, each and every week now that football's underway. Uh, we we apologize for the delay in podcasts since the beginning of June. Uh, you know, it was getting into the dog days of summer. Not too much to talk about, but now here we are. Training camp's underway. The preseason is right around the corner, 
And so we will be back each and every week from now until the end of the season, probably through February with new podcasts each and every week. And then, you know, you get right into the off season there with the combine and free agency and then the draft. I mean, it's just the football, the NFL world is a, a never ending 24 seven cycle. So, uh, you know, with that, uh, we're back, and uh, I think we're going to be better than ever. We'll be joined uh, again by Niner Tone. He'll be back with us next week, and uh, we're excited, man. The Forever Faithful podcast is uh, alive and well. And, JP, you got any uh, any final words before we wrap this one up? Nah, man, great podcast. I'm glad to be back. Glad to uh, dust off the cobwebs and uh, shit, man. Football's around the corner. I'm just, I'm just ready. I'm ready. I can't wait. All right, guys, you know how we end each and every episode here on the Forever Faithful podcast. Uh, and be sure to, you know, be sure to check uh, our social media out, twitter.com slash ffpodcast49, facebook.com slash foreverfaithfulpodcast. You'll find us on YouTube if you search Forever Faithful Podcast. We're on uh, SoundCloud. We're on Anchor.fm, iTunes, uh, Google Play. Uh, I mean, we're everywhere. We are absolutely everywhere. Anywhere you can find a podcast, we are there. Just search for the Forever Faithful Podcast. And uh, be sure to subscribe. Be sure to comment, like, the whole deal. We appreciate it. And uh, we will see you guys next week. And as always, here on the Forever Faithful Podcast, it is one team, one family, and one goal.